with the headset, <clears throat> the stage, you know, everybody in front of me. My kids told me, and my son, Zane, where you at? He told me, he said, Dad, please don't embarrass me today. Please don't do that. But listen, when you get to know me, that's the wrong thing to say. <laughs> so like Eminem said, what does he say? You got one shot? Ain't that what he said in one of his songs? One of his, like, eight-mile movie and all that good stuff? Well, listen, I was figured, you know, I got the headset, the stage, the crowd. I shared with my kids, and they're the only ones that really know. And my wife, I used to rap. Yes. Yes, I did. In the sixth grade. Hey, that was back in what, 87, 88, something like that? Yes, 87. When I was in the sixth grade? Yes, 87, 88, all day. All right. Hey, so I figured, you know what? Why not? I never got the opportunity to do it. And my wife is saying. Listen, it goes like this. My name is Shane. They call me Hurricane. I can rap right down to the Hall of Fame. If you take me to the mic while the price is right, I'm MC Hurricane and I'm faster than light. <laughs> Listen, it's all good, right? Listen, you got to lighten up live. All right? I know it's tough out there. I know it is. And I know how it, what it is like to walk in you guys' shoes. And tonight... This isn't even going with script. <laughs> this, tonight, sitting here, looking at you guys come in and just looking at you, man, my heart, man, my heart aches. And the reason being is I start taking myself back to you guys' age group, and I, and, and I start living it again. And I've always been that way. Like, for whatever reason, youth has always been in my heart since I've become a young adult. I've never been able to put a finger on it. Um, but God's actually worked so many things in my life since, since looking back at you guys' age all the way up to the present time. And he's put it on my heart just just constantly, constantly. And I couldn't fight it. I couldn't, I couldn't keep ignoring it. And the thing is, what is it? What happened? What is it? What is it? Is it? Hey. Here. Here, take it. No, 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 take it out. Zane, take it outside. Take it outside. Open up the door. We got it? All right. If I'd have killed it, Zoe would have started crying. So I didn't want it, I didn't want it happening. But no, just to... Just, you know, like I said, I just laid that out there real quick. That wasn't, that wasn't what I had planned on. I just, I don't know. It was, it was so strongly on my heart. So I just had to, I just had to. Now y'all got me thinking all kind of stuff going on. Um, now, just to tell you a little bit about me. Um, I have a hard time saying my own name in front of people. Do y'all do that? Yeah. Do you really? It's I, dude, it is. I'm telling you, I can say somebody else's name. I can't say my name in front of somebody. Like... It comes out weird, you know, and, I, and my R's, they, they sound funny and this, you know, whatever. So I'm not going to say, you know who I am, right? Yeah, no, no. All right. <laughs> Sean, hey, look, I've been called that a hundred times, man. It does not bother me one lick. Matter of fact, there was a time in my life where I almost changed it and said, let's just do it. Um, but no, just say, you know, I grew up in Ferndina, right across the bridge. I was a mighty pirate. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Anybody in here go to Ferndina? 
Yes, yes. Hey, listen, be proud, man. <laughs> listen, be proud. Hey, hey, back then, of course, you know, we only had one high school, so it was you, Lee Fernandina. Sandhill, actually, way out there toward here, they came. Um, and, you know, I experienced so many things at that high school that I'm going to be sharing with you guys tonight. But also, getting back on me, I'm married. I know you guys probably got her mixed up. Some of you boys, I've seen you checking around. <laughs> She's right back there. That is my wife, Danielle. She does look like she blends in with the youth, and I'm so lucky. Um, and, I, and I'm a father of four. Zoe and Zane, I know some of you may know them, some of you may not. Um, I've got two little ones, Braden and Maisie, five, and she's about to be two. Uh, what do I do for a living? Y'all probably thinking, who's this guy talking to me? I mean, who, who is he? Is he somebody? Uh, no, no, not really. I'm a pork water, logger. Y'all, y'all understand what that is? Logger? No, I'm not an axe man. Okay? I don't walk around out there with a chainsaw. I'm not like Paul Bunyan. I don't have the I don't have the axe. I don't I don't do all that. I actually run equipment. Um, it's it's just what I do. You know, it's one of those things. It was, you know, it's something I used to struggle with also. You know, this ain't even with script. This thing ain't even gonna go like it's over here. Um, something I used to struggle with when I was you guys' age. Man, what am I gonna be? You know, what am I gonna become? And you know, I have struggled for so long up to this point, thinking that that title was everything. And you know. A lot of people portray what I do as just just an ordinary trade. And you know what? That's cool. That's cool with me now. Used to not be. Used to be, I used to think, man, I've got to be somebody. I've got to, I've got to actually have a title. I've got to, you know, graduate college. And if I don't graduate college, man, I'm just going to be, you know, a failure. Well, I've come to grips with that's just not the case. And, you know, as I go through this, you all going to see... Just kind of who I was, you know, and I, I hope I don't bore you guys, uh, you know, and listen, it's going to sound like I am a conceited dude, okay? I was, absolutely, I absolutely was. I was that kid, I grew up in a small town, you know, right across Funding, it was small, I lived in the neighborhood, you stand on the bleachers at uh, at the home games, at the, you know, at the, on the home side, you look, look back in the woods, them houses across there, that is the road I grew up on. Um, I grew up listening to the band, listening to them. I, I, dude, as a kid, I just could not wait to make it over there and to run out on that field and just do the deal, be a pirate. That is what I looked up to doing. In my neighborhood, I was one of the youngest ones there was in the neighborhood. I was, dude, I had to fight so hard. You know, listen, I keep my kid all the time. I grew up in the hood. I didn't grow up in the hood. Okay? All right? But it was a middle-class neighborhood. All right? Some people, some people's dads, they worked at the paper mill. My dad was a fireman. Some kids, really not sure what their dads did. They made a lot of money on the crops, so I do know that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's, it's the lifestyle that I was brought up in that made me who I am today. And, you know, having to fight so hard, I, I, I think I gained such a competitive nature to myself because, you know what, I didn't care that I was the youngest one in the neighborhood. I wanted to excel anyway. I, wa- I, wanted, I wanted to be able to achieve what they achieved. I didn't want to use the excuse, hey, you know, I'm just a small guy. You know, I just, you know, I just blend in and just kind of go through the motions. No, that wasn't me. I wanted to be the one scoring a touchdown. I wanted to be the one looking. You see that? Looking. You see that score? Yeah. Right there? I see it. All right. <laughs> 
We played football on the road. Okay? I still, I still got the scar to prove it. I, I, take my, I used to take my kids. We go to Ferndean. I go through there. I say, hey, look here. This is where the touchdowns were. This, this telephone pole here. We go down the ways. That telephone pole there. The wire is going across there. That was our field goal. You know what I mean? That's, I, listen, it's how I grew up. But you know what? I, I, looking back, man, I loved the way I grew up. I absolutely enjoyed it. It made me, it made me excel in so many different things. Um, I was your typical kid. You know, I, I played Pop Warner, Little League, and yes, I was the kid that ran the ball. I was the kid that played quarterback. I was the kid that everybody was like, oh, good Lord, ball hog. Here, here comes Shane, you know, he, he's going to steal the spotlight, you know, here, here he comes, he's on our team, oh, oh, well, you know, whatever, I guess I'll just be a lineman. You know, looking back, I know that's what they thought, because look, I, I coach Pop Warner now, so, you know, I have to battle that with these kids, you know, and, and, and it, look, here, here's the thing, it put me in a spotlight at a young age, and I always thought I had to be in that spotlight, okay? Um, Little League, same thing. I played the positions that was considered in you guys' eyes as cool. You know, shortstop, pitcher, catcher, right? You get put in right field, it's like, oh, dude. What the heck, man? Really? I'm stuck in right field. Man, this ain't cool. You know, but that's just how you portray it as a kid. You know, as, as I got older, I actually had to go to a private school for two years. We ain't going to get into why, all right? It, there may have been disciplinary reasons. But you know what? I ended up going to a private school for two years. Um, I actually took a break from football. Pop Warner on. My dad wanted me to kind of rest before I made it to high school. So I took a break from football. I went off to a private school in Jacksonville. And, you know, I excelled there. You know, we played we, in baseball. You know, it's just like, you know, I'll go back. You know, when I was 13, that year that I was moving there, you know, I moved up to senior league. That's the first year, you know, you're 13, 13 to 15. I remember getting a call from a, co- uh, from a coach saying, hey, Shane, this is so-and-so with the Dodgers. I was like, dude, I feel like I'm getting drafted, you know. He, he's like, hey, I, I noticed you was uh, trying out a catcher. He said, is that the position you want to play this year? And I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir, most definitely. He said, well, listen, I've got two pitchers on our team that play for the JV. They're 15 years old. Now, you know, I've got first pick. And I, and, and I don't want to use it on you unless you're going to catch. And what do you think I said? Yes. Oh, Absolutely. You know, I get off the phone, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, I have arrived, 13. I done figured it out. You know what I mean? I was excited. You know, got first, you know, I was first pick like, 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 like it was the draft. You know, but here's the thing. As you'll notice as, as I go on, little things like that, it started molding me the wrong way. Okay? When I went off to private school, I excelled at catcher there. I actually ended up being the MVP of the whole league, and I was the MVP of our championship tournament. We went 14-1, first time school had ever done it. And, you know, all it did was just kept putting me in the spotlight. And, you know, I'm going to keep going back to that because there's a reason for that later on, all right? I come back to Fernandina in the ninth grade, and I worked really hard all summer long. Finally, finally, I was going to be a mighty pirate. And, you know, I grew up, that was my dream. Okay, yes, it was my dream to play college. Yes, it was NFL, this and that. But first and foremost, I wanted to be a pirate. So all summer long, man, I worked out. I'm talking about like no other. My dad actually, back then, we didn't have all the supplements you guys got now. You know what I mean? I mean, we had weight gainer. That's what it was called, weight gainer. 
You know, he bought me the weight gainer. I drink two shakes a day. He said, hey, son, he said, don't go out there and sweat. Stay in here. Play the Nintendo. That's what I had, Nintendo. You know, two buttons in the whole little controller thing. Um, and I was like, really? He was like, yeah, man, you got there and you used to run around sweating and all that in between workouts. You know, you're going to lose that weight. You need to gain some weight. You know, you need to, you need to make sure you're, you're in shape. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, oh, man, this is cool here. It is hot out there. And, and, and I like sitting here playing Nintendo. So, I, I mean, I thought that was cool. But you know what? He was just doing what he thought he needed to do as a father to get me molded and ready. Well, I show up. Two of days comes. Actually, you know, I go through the whole thing. End up at the end of my tour days. The head coach, we had a team meeting, all the, ki- all the kids, ninth grade through whatever, you know, all the coaches, one evening. We had a meeting. We was walking out. He said, Shane, come here. I want to talk to you. Pulled me off to the side. Head varsity coach. Now, I hadn't talked to this guy hardly any. I just kind of looked up to him because I remember as a kid jumping the fence, being over there, checking him out, looking at him. Man, that's, I'm going to use his name. Coach Stockstill was his name back then. You know, that was our head coach. He, uh, he says, look, he says, uh, I really like to talk to you about something. He said, you know, I'd like to bring you up to varsity. I know you're in the ninth grade. He said, but I'd like for you to play varsity. And listen, back then, to play varsity in the ninth grade was huge. I mean, we had kids from, like I said, from Sand Hill all the way to Ferndale. You know, it wasn't, you know, it, it would be a huge thing now. Don't look, I'm not discrediting that. But what I'm saying is it just didn't happen too often, all right? He asked me, he said, look, he said, would you be interested in playing varsity? You won't get as much playing time. But you know what? He said, I just think you'll get more out of it playing with, playing with the varsity, practicing with them, you know, going through reps with them, whatnot. And I was like, dude, I, I literally felt like I was dreaming. I was like, are you kidding? I mean, I walked off, and I, all I said was, yes, sir. I'd be glad to. Walked off, and I can just remember feeling just so on top of the world. I was like, man, gosh, man, just, everything's falling into place. Everything is just working out. But look, something I failed to mention, and I did that on purpose, in, during my tour days, I separated my right shoulder. I actually was in a one-on-one drill and was going up against the senior running back, our starting senior. And whenever I hit him, I made great contact. I mean, it was like I can remember it. it I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday because this thing, I have played it through my mind so many times. What could I have done different? Used to. I'm over it now. Um, I, when I made contact, my shoulder come out. And I actually let go of the tackle. All right. Coach started yelling, McKendry, that was great. That was great, great contact. But, man, you you, you got to wrap up. You got to wrap up. Well, you know what? I was taught, man, just just do your deal. You know, I got up, and I thought to myself, man, my shoulder just come out, man. He's yelling at me. I'm running to go to the back of the line. I'm trying to pull it back in. Okay? I didn't tell him. Because, you know what? I didn't want to look like that little freshman that was already complaining. Okay? So I had to put that big boy look on and you know I went on to the back of the line and I pulled I actually pulled my shoulder back into place didn't tell nobody um listen it was it was one of those prideful things you know what I mean it was it was it was how I was taught you know you didn't make excuses you did you 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 did whatever it took and you know what I didn't want him to think that so I did what I did you know I went through my whole ninth grade like that okay Separated it probably, and, and look, I'm not going to exaggerate, especially, you know, I exaggerate some of my stories just to make them, okay? I just do, but listen, I'm serious. I probably dislocated it just in my freshman year probably 12 to 15 times, okay? But every time, it just would come back, it, it would just go back in. So you know what I was thinking? Man, my shoulder's weak. I'm not injured. My shoulder's weak. I need to work this thing out. I need to get it better. I, I, I was putting it on me already. 
I was failing already myself because I didn't work out hard enough. I ended up wrestling my ninth grade year, made varsity. Wrestled at 140 my freshman year. Actually come out a couple times during that time, okay? Go out for the baseball team. Couldn't wait. I was like, well, here we go. Get out there. Guess what? I made it. JV, you didn't make varsity in Fernandina. I listen. Fernandina baseball had it going on back in the day. They still made. But I'm telling you, you know, I knew just to make JV was huge. Made JV. I made catcher. We was going through practice. Actually, went to throw down the second. Ball landed at the pitcher's bound. Okay? Coach looks at me like, what in the world? Well, listen, I'm flopped down on the clay, <laughs> trying to pull it back in. There wasn't no hiding it then. He comes walking over there. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I, I, my shoulder come out. Your shoulder come out? I was like, yes, sir. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, get it back in. <laughs> he, he said, okay. He was like, well, well how are you going to do this? What, what, how did you do that? And then I had to tell him. Listen, our baseball coach, he's still the same baseball coach, Ken Roller, same one. I can remember him. He lived right down the road from me. I can remember he didn't like us playing. If you played baseball, you didn't play nothing else back then. He, he didn't like it. Well, guess what? He just kind of put it in my ear. You know, that's what happens when you play football, you know. Well, I just went on about my business, finished out that practice, and realized, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be able to do this. There's no way. He's like, well, look, we'll just let you DH. No, I, I, I can't do it. So I ended up telling him I had to walk away, Okay. I walked away from baseball that year, and I never come back. That was something that was huge for me. I mean, that was, that was a big kick in the gut, all right? Because, listen, coming around my 10th grade year, I still had the same problem with my shoulder. Same thing. Kept coming out. Coach finally come up to me at the end of the season. He said, look, Kendra, we've got to do something here. You, we've got to figure something out. He actually put me with some daughters from the University of Florida. I went and seen them. And... My shoulder was actually broke. I had broke my rotator cuff. You got it like this here. I had sheared off that side there, and it literally was like that. And I'd been playing that whole time. And he said, listen, you broke that the first time you hit. I said, how can you tell that? He said, the bone that broke off is down in your armpit. <laughs> he said, and not only is it in your armpit, the piece that broke off was that big. The piece in your armpit is that big. The, the acids in your body is going to it down that far. He said, you broke it the first time that you dislocated. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my God. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what does this mean? You know, he said, look, you're going to have to have surgery. There's no way around it. And the first thing I said was, what? <laughs> How long am I going to be out? I mean, it's gonna, I can't play football anymore? He's like, no, no, no. He actually played inside linebacker for Penn State, which was cool because he, he was able to relate to me. He made me feel better about it. He said, no, no, no. He said, I'll get it fixed. You'll be able to go back. won't be no problem. So... Ended up getting it fixed. I'll come back in the spring. But listen, there were some more events that were going on in my 10th grade year that was more than just my, my shoulder dislocating. I started sensing my parents starting to have marital problems. Okay? Um, and listen, I know there's a lot of you guys, and I'm just going to cut this out. There's a lot of you guys in here they are going to experience that if you hadn't already. It's just the way this world's going. I, 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 look, there ain't no getting around it. But back then, it wasn't real. It wasn't something that just went on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was a huge deal. Well, I noticed them having problems. And instead of just dealing with it, I just ignored it. I just kept on going, kept on trucking. Coming around to my 10th, uh, 11th grade year, uh, shoulders fixed. Everything's good, right? Nope. Guess what? 
Left shoulder. That's it. Dislocated it. And I'm going, uh, I mean, really? You know, I'm sitting there going, what am I, what in the heck, man? And I'm thinking, dude, I was born defected. You know, there was something going on here that they didn't catch, you know. And, you know, it was such a kick in the gut for me because I was like, you know what? I don't want to tell my parents. They've got enough going on. I don't want to burden them anymore. You know, I, I, I don't want, I, I know they got, they're trying to reset, they're trying to hit the reset button on their lives. They're trying to get through this divorce. They're trying to figure out how, you know, to get through what they're going through in their own personal life. So, you know what? I kept it in. I kept it myself. I didn't tell nobody. I ended up playing my whole 11th grade that way. Ended up, got, it got so bad that, you know, I ended up giving up wrestling. Of course, baseball had done been gone, you know. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, what do I do? You know, how, 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 how do I get through this? You know, I've worked my whole life to play ball. I mean, that is what I have grown up thinking, doing. I mean, that's all I thought about. I didn't think about nothing else at all. And so now I'm sitting here, I'm starting to come to grips, man. This thing may come to an end. And, you know, and then my parents end up getting divorced my 11th grade year. And, you know, in result of that, listen, listen, guys, and I want y'all to try to hold on and grasp this. I used it. I used it for an excuse to not study. I used it for an excuse for the way I was acting out. And you know what? It's okay. You know, I mean, listen, you're going to. But listen, I used it as a crutch, man. My grades just went, I'm talking about, (laughs) back then all you had to have was 1.5. Now I think it's what? 2.0? I make you 3.5 right here. She has to have a (laughs) 3.5. There's a lot of crying going on at the house. (laughs) Um, But, uh. But no, I could not, guys, listen, I was barely making a 1.5. I went, I went from A, B on a roll. I went from being that guy that, you know, the coach was like, you know what, he got scholarship written all over him. Tell my parents, told, me, told them in the ninth grade, you know, I, you know some, of the, some of the teachers and, you know, some of the students were like, you know, the normal dumb jock kind of thing. They couldn't say that to me. Because I was excelling. I, I mean, I actually was making A's and B's and, you know, whatnot. And, and listen... I even skipped over some parts that y'all need to know, okay? Not need to know. It's just part of my it's just part of who I was. I got a lot of attention from girls. Okay? <laughs> I know I know y'all probably sitting there going, man, whatever, dude. It, it, listen, it, it it was one of those things, you know, it I dressed preppy, you know, I, I dressed the part, I come to school, I was you know what I mean, I was I walked the halls, and, and I felt like, you know what, I could tell. Listen, I'm just being real. I, I, I felt like I was always being looked at, you know, and, and being commented on and this and that. Listen, all that did was build up more, build up more pride. It built up more and more and more on top of just being a good athlete, being a good student. I mean, look, this is all going to come crashing, okay? Going into my senior year, I was falling into a dark place. And when I say a dark place, I mean, this is to be straight up depressed. Dude, I fell off into the depression that I didn't understand what it was. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't understand why I was wanting to sleep just to get to the next day. But here's the thing. I went to school, 
and I felt like this. I'd come home, and I felt like this. And the thing is, the people at school, all my friends, everybody had no idea that really, I didn't like being me. But the bottom line is, in their eyes, I can, I mean, I'm just being just straight up. They was probably like, man, I'd love to be that dude. You know, he's getting attention from the girls. He's getting, you know, he's good in sports. He's this and that. Listen, but the bottom line was I hated who I was, who I had become. I hated feeling the way I felt. It was dark. It was lonely. And, dude, it was tough. Going into my senior year, guess what happens? No injuries. Oh. <laughs> I meant to love my life. Danielle? No, 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 no. We got to back up. Okay. <laughs> At the time, at the time, listen, there was nothing greater. I had done met my wife. I was like, look, all this other stuff don't even matter no more. This girl is just, just makes me feel great. I'm not depressed. You know, I, you know, she brings light. I come, I come. To, I can't wait to get to school. It ain't because I want to go to school to do my grade. You know, to do work. Oh, I'm ready to get to school so I can see her. You know what I mean? You know that feeling. You ever get that feeling when you meet that person and you get the butterflies in your stomach? Come on, man. Y'all really ain't never. <laughs> Justin Bieber. Oh man, come on, dude. Listen, listen, listen. I, I can just remember. That feeling was just so great. And I was like, you know what? Here it is. Here's the answer. I'm good now. Okay? But listen, I think we all know what goes in with young love, right? That first time love. It just, you know what? (laughs) Just don't always pan out. You know, your parents sitting there saying, it's not going to pan out. Man, what are you talking about? We love each other. She loves me. I love her. I can't imagine myself and anybody else. Don't tell me it ain't going to work out. Don't, no, I don't want to hear it. You know, because they, they were trying to, you know, they know. Just like I know now. I'm trying to tell y'all. That first love. Enjoy it for what it is. But don't think it's going to last. All right? Listen. Given that, given the circumstances I was under, feeling on top, Finally, after all them down days, all that depression, all of a sudden, I find myself being controlling. I found myself being jealous. And I'm like, man, dude, why am I being jealous? Dude, I ain't got nothing to be jealous of. You know what I mean? But listen, I I found myself being jealous. And the next thing you know, what comes along with jealousy is controlling. I started to try to control her, tell her what she could and couldn't do. Because I felt her slipping away from me. And listen, I'd done, I'd done lost enough, hadn't I? I mean, I'm sitting there thinking, dude, I can't lose something else. Man, I, I, I'm pretty much coming to grips that I'm not going to make it to college on a scholarship. This, this, this right here is starting to settle in. And then my parents, my security. At the time, that, you know, as a, as a teenager, that is where your security is. It's coming home to both of your parents. And I was coming home to an empty home. Okay, And when I started feeling like she was going to slip away from me and I couldn't control, I couldn't hold on to her anymore, I started really, you talking about spiraling? I spiraled. And I'm talking about deep, dark spiral. And listen, I can sit here and tell you, y'all probably thinking, man, he's about to tell us about, he, went to, he turned to drugs, turned to alcohol. Nope. 
I never had one sip of alcohol. I never took, never tried a drug in high school. Okay, I, I, I was focused enough on what I was wanting to accomplish as far as athletic that I just never went that route. But listen to me, something far worse. I slipped off on such a depression that I found myself just losing my temper all the time. And then, and next thing you know, man, I'm tearing stuff up. I, I'm wigging out all the time. And all of a sudden, I get this pain that just won't go away. Like, it, it just won't leave. You know, it, it starts getting so dark that I start getting nauseated, man. Like, I'm waking up in the morning going, dude, I don't even want to get up. And literally felt like I was going to puke in the morning times. It got so bad, guys. One night, listen, I just had it. That's it. Listen, I had done figured out how to overcome physical pain with my shoulders. Like, I, I literally felt like I beat that. Because look, look here. I played with two broken shoulders more or less for four years. I overcome it. I learned how to, I learned how to bleep that out. I, I could go on the field and literally not think about it. I could dislocate my shoulder. Yes, I, yes it hurt. But as soon as I got it back in, I, fe- I would literally get myself so jacked up that I'd forget all about it. And I'd go right back in. But this pain that I was feeling, it wouldn't leave. I couldn't get rid of it. Like literally couldn't figure out how to get rid of it. Mentally couldn't overcome it. And I'm thinking, what in the world am I going to do? I can't, I can't do this anymore. So one night, I decided, you know what? I got it. I got it. Yes, sir. I got it. I got it figured out. I'm going to overcome this. So I walked in my room. Some, there were some, some things that went down and just kind of throwed me over the top. And I'd lost my temper. And literally, I can just remember seeing spots. I don't know. Dude, I would get that mad that I would blank out to the point where I wouldn't even remember certain things that I had done and said. I walked into my bedroom. I closed the door. I said, yes, sir. I got this figured out. I reached and got a belt. All right? I took that belt and I put it around my neck. And then I walked to the closet and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. This is going to be a done deal. I am not going to have to feel the pain anymore. I'm not going to have to overcome anything anymore. I'm going to overcome it. I'm just going to take myself out. I'm going to be done. I walked into the closet. I had it around my neck. I couldn't figure out how to get this thing thing to hang on the closet. <laughs> so, you know, we laugh about it. And you know what? It, it, it is funny now. It is. Absolutely. But the thing is, <laughs> I actually tried, even at that point, to go ahead and, to go ahead and be done with it. I pulled on that belt so hard that I started seeing spots. And I was like, dude, I at least, I at least got to pass out and just get away. I at least got to take myself away from all this. And all of a sudden, it, it, you know, I can remember hearing a telephone ring. And my sister come, you know, coming in to tell me that it was phone for me. When she opens up the door, I'm sitting there tugging on a belt around my neck. She wigs out. You know, she runs to me. She's like, what are you doing? I didn't have an answer. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, come to find out, the telephone call for me was a coach at a college. Well, I collect myself. I try to act like nothing happened. 
I walk in there. He's not on another end. He's not hung up. So now I'm sitting here thinking, you know what? I done failed again. Here I am trying to pull something off. Couldn't even do that. And then I miss out on an opportunity. So I see. So I was thinking. Listen, I went through my senior year, of course. You know, the love, you know, of my life, you know, kind of peters out a couple years later. Uh, I went off to college. But the next few years of my life was just like a blur. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I really don't have much to say, stand up here and say. I lived in total chaos for the next couple of years. Okay. I'm going to kind of fast forward to when I was, I guess I got married the first time. I've been married twice. Go ahead and put that out there. First time I was married, I blame it on being young. No. You know what I blame it on? I blame it on the fact that I didn't know Christ. I didn't know how to bring him into my marriage. I didn't know even know what marriage was designed for. I didn't even I, I didn't even know Christ, so how could I know what marriage was about? So I end up, you know, married, we go through the struggles up and down, up and down. Listen, I'm like, man, I, you know, I gotta figure something out here. I won't die. You know, I went down. I remember it like it was yesterday. Went down, accepted Christ, walked to the back room, fit out a card. Like, where you live at? This and that, and I'm going. Now, wait a minute now. I think I just made a pretty huge decision, and I'm sitting here filling out a card and telling him where I live. I remember sitting there going, man, this ain't all what it's cracked up to be. It didn't feel like anything. Like, it didn't feel like anything changed. You know, I was looking for this huge change to come in my life. You know, the thing about it is, I rocked on. I walked out of there. I went through my first marriage and ended in divorce. Okay? I get remarried. To my wife now of eight years. We've been married eight years now. Uh, guess what? Our marriage started out the same way. Same thing. Same result. Was going down at the beginning. You know, we was arguing. Couldn't see eye to eye on nothing. And the bottom line is I wasn't leading my house the way I needed to according to Christ. I was leading it according to me. I was leading it the way I thought it should be. My priorities were so out of sync that I couldn't even, I, was, I got to the point where I couldn't even hold together the marriage my second time. And I'm sitting there going, dude, it comes a time when you got to get real. And I can remember sitting there going, you know what, it's time. Dude, I'm, I'm the one. I'm doing something wrong here. You know, I can't, literally, I can't blame it on them. Both times, I was doing something wrong. And the bottom line is, I was. I wasn't, I wasn't reading the Word. I wasn't trying to understand who God was. I was saved, I thought. I was like, man, I'm saved, man. What is going on here? Here, I was missing it. I was missing it. And what I was missing was, I, I, I wasn't trying to establish a relationship with God. I wasn't trying to draw closer to Him. I didn't really think I had done anything so harmless that I needed to really repent. Yes, I'd ask for forgiveness. Yes, I went through the whole, 
you know, ask for forgiveness. You know, you'll be washed clean. You know, all those things. But, but the bottom line is, I never really cried out. I never fell on my face and admitted and, and, and actually spoke the things that I needed to speak. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to. Here, let's just be honest. I didn't want to. You know, I wanted to ask for forgiveness on the things that was like the little, little, little small things. But the big things, like, look, there, I, dude, I, I, there's so many wicked, dude, I, it, it's crazy. I don't even want to go there. It's a wickedness, man. I, I'm telling you, my mind is wicked. And the thing is, I had to start just calling it out. Me and God. I had, to, I had to cry out to him. I had to fall on my face and just ask him to wash me clean. And with doing that, what I found was I actually draw closer to him. It's just like, you know, I'm going to give you all a quick example, just real quick. And I know I need to hurry up. Yesterday, and I'm probably going to get child services or whatever, but I had to pop my little one, two-year-old. I had a popper yesterday three different times. Breaks my heart, man. I hate it. Today I walk in, guess where she's at? Did she run from me? <laughs> Did she run from me? Nope. She clinged to me. I mean, literally just swoop. I'm walking around. Here she comes. <laughs> Through my legs, looking up at me, trying to get me to stop. And it just reminded me, you know what? This is what God does. This is what Christ does. It's the same thing. Listen, I just want y'all to grasp this, and I know I'm running out of time. Okay? And we've done missed the songs, everything. Look, I had songs, all kind of stuff went with it. Because, I mean, they mean something to me. They went with my testimony. Maybe you can play something in here in just a second. But, you know, it just reminded me that, you know what, God... You have to identify that he's God. And who is God? Well, he's your boss. Just like Brother Mike said a couple, you know, about a month ago, he, he is here. You can't put yourself here with him and walk with him and be like, you know what, I got it figured out too. No, you don't. Listen, it goes with you guys. Same thing. Like, like in, in school, you have to be submissive to your teachers. You have to be submissive to your coaches. That was something I couldn't figure out. Look, I thought I could coach the team. <laughs> By the time I was a senior, me and the head coach didn't see how to. I see now why. Because you know what I had in my mind? I was like, they follow me more than they do him. I literally thought I was on the same level with him, and he was jealous of me. You know, that's sad. Because I missed out on a lot of opportunities. I missed out on a lot of things, that you know, because of pride. And look, guys, I want y'all to understand. I know in today's society, man, we we all got it figured out. We don't need nobody. We don't need our parents. Most of them's getting divorced anyway, right? We got we, we grow up fast, you know. I'm 14 and going on 21. I'm ready to get out of school and get married and get it going. Listen, man, back up. Be submissive to God. Give in to Him. Cry out to Him. Look up to Him. Don't look at Him. And just give it all to Him. 
in every move you make, give it to Him. Every decision you try to make before you make it, I'll tell you, I'm begging you, fall on your knees. Ask Him, is this what you want me to do? Please spend time with Him. And listen, I know reading the Word. Dude, I picked this thing up and I'm like, man, what does that mean? I, I ain't even got a clue. Look, I'm 37 and I guarantee you half of y'all can quote way more scripture than I can. But listen, I chip away at it little by little. And it draws me closer to him because he reveals to me something that I read. It may be two, three months later. He'll reveal it to me. I'm asking you to cry out to him. Give in to him. Submit to him. Let him take control of your life. Don't try to control it yourself. Because you can. I'm here to tell you today. You can't. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how cool you are. And listen, some of you are probably thinking, man, I don't relate to that guy. I didn't play sports. I don't feel cool. You know, I, in the world's eyes, you know, I'm probably an outcast. Listen, you're not in his eyes. You're on the same, you are his child. Just like cool daddy over here. You know, I'm not pointing at nobody, but looking over here. I'm just saying, cool daddy. Uh, listen, it, it kills me. I'm telling you. And I got way, I got so much more. And look, I hope that God gives me more opportunity to talk to you guys. And listen, I hope he leads me in a direction in which he would like me to go. And if it's working with you guys, spending time with you guys, I got four kids. It's going to be tough, but listen, I'm going to pray about it. And in closing, listen, I, y'all wanna, can you play that one song just a little bit? We'll just close. I, I really, the, uh, you are I am, yeah. Yep. Look, this song here, it just, you know, I know some of you probably heard it. It just kind of helps me understand and helps the Holy Spirit move in me to hear God. Do you want to close out? Do you want me to?
Hey, thank y'all. A few few things up that, that Shane had shared with me. You said, you know, he, as a teenager, he reached that deep, dark spot in his life, you know, where his si- sister w- walked in on him, and and, uh, and 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 they got in a big sort of fight about that, I think, too. Um, and he says, you know, he still has days where he he fights just getting up and getting absolutely and getting through the day. He said, but it's not the same now. He says, I'm not alone now, like I felt then. I'm not all by myself because God is always with me. And I know that there's hope. And can I tell you, there is so much, there's hope in Christ. There's things in this world that are going to attack you. There are giants that are going to pull you down all the time. But Christ will never leave you or forsake you. And you know, and um, sometimes we feel like, man, we're just not enough. We're not good enough. We can't get there. And, and, uh, Psalm 139 says, uh, it's verse 12, it says, Even the darkness is not dark to you. Even when we feel darkness around us, we can't know that that's not dark to God. God is still there. He is still light in, in the midst of it. And it says, The night is bright as the day, for darkness is of light for you. And it says, For you formed my inward parts. You, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and want, 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 wonderfully. I say it five times just to make it. What wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in, in secret. Your eyes, the of God, saw my unformed substance. In your book were, were written every one of them, the days that were formed for, for, for me. I want you just to, to leave here with this. God created you the way you are with a purpose and with a plan. Do not miss that. Things in this world, just like he talked about, he had, man, dude, you see that guy at school and you go, I just, if I could just be that guy, life would be so easy. But even that guy is lost without Christ. Even that guy. And if you find yourself alone, you go, dude, I need to talk to someone. We've got adults that are here all the time. I'm here at the church all week. If you just need to go, man, can I just come talk? I mean, life is just rough. I need someone to pray for me, my wife, whoever we've got. Man, we are here to pray for you and don't give up hope and turn to Christ. Let's pray and we're going to be close.